1: Hello and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Extension Director for Family Consumer Sciences at the University of Kentucky. Today I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Heather Norman Birdoff, Extension Specialist for Food and Nutrition. Welcome Heather. Thanks for having me, and I'm looking forward to this fun topic. I am, too. So today's topic is nutrition buzzwords, and I am excited to learn from you today, Heather. It's going to be fun and a bit different that we're going to walk through some common nutrition buzzwords that we often hear in a variety of places, if it's on infomercials or TikTok videos or um, even the packaging of a product at the grocery store.
2: Yes, so today we're going to learn what some of these common buzzwords are are what they mean and even if they're valid. So hopefully consumers can make more informed choices when it comes to the foods and products they're choosing and essentially how they're spending their money.
1: Okay. So where do we want to start? What is
2: the first one? Okay. So I'm going to give you a list of foods that have all been labeled this word and see if you can guess it. Okay. Uh, Goji berries, spirulina, which is an algae. I don't know if you've heard of that before. Uh, Green tea, eating raw garlic, Uh, chia
1: seeds. Okay. So Heather, I did not know that this was a quiz today, but
2: I'm going to go with superfoods. Yes. So I wanted to include this one on the list because I think it can be so confusing for a consumer. Like they see this word everywhere. It's like a top 10 list of superfoods on the internet. And this word was entirely developed by food marketers and companies. Uh, It's typically used to identify foods that are really high in vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants, but there's no scientific definition for this word. I had no idea that it was just a marketing (laughs) term. So in fact, superfoods isn't commonly used by experts in the field of nutrition, like registered dietitians and nutrition scientists, because there are so many other foods that aren't deemed superfoods that are also very nutritious choices. Okay. So there's a lot out there. So sometimes the claims made around superfoods go beyond what the science says about them. You know, yes, they are rich in nutrients, but there may be little evidence existing to show that they fulfill these claims made about them. I think labeling nutritious foods this way can really create a moral dilemma where you're putting certain foods on a pedestal compared to others, right? So it's making us think some are just incredibly superior than others, and I just want us to remember there is no specific food that is the golden key to good health. These foods deemed superfoods cannot offer us all the nutrition and energy our body needs. They can be part of a balanced diet, but they are truly not superior and should not take place of other foods. And if you have access, if you can afford spirulina, yeah, you know, if you enjoy these foods and ingredients, that is great. But do not feel like they, you have to consume these when you're striving to improve your overall health.
1: Okay. So Heather, this is fun. I feel like I need a little bell that goes ding, ding, ding. You got it right. But let's do another
2: one. What is next? So superfoods actually leads me to the next one. And it's not just like a one specific buzzword, but it's this idea of labeling foods as good and bad. Okay. I almost think of the angel and the devil demon on each shoulder, you know, and like (laughs) one's like, eat this. And then uh, it's like, eat this. Okay.
1: I have that conversation that happens in my head. Right.
2: Okay. So I can already hear in my head someone saying, you know, fill in the blank is bad for you. And we really want to try to avoid or eliminate that type of language. Because if we look at our dietary guidelines and what eating patterns are most supported by science, it's an overall diet that has room for lots of different types of foods. And again, when we apply this moral judgment on our foods, it increases stress and fear about foods. And that can cause us to feel guilty if we make a food choice that isn't labeled as, in quotes, good, right? And so when we do this, it really hinders our ability to enjoy food for all that it is. Sometimes food is much more than the nutrition, but it's tied to culture and celebrations and just life in general. And so if you've always been told that cake is bad for you then it's going to be really hard for you to enjoy and celebrate your family member's birthday, right? Like Because you're just going to have that moral cloud hanging over you. So the bottom line is no food is inherently good or bad for us. So I want us to try to challenge ourselves when we find ourselves doing that.
1: So I am going to say, um, for our listeners, it's good to have friends like Heather because um, (laughs) you you know I do think we all do this, and when I'm having these conversations in my head, um, it often comes back to me some of the words of wisdom that you've given over the time about making food choices and understanding the importance of overall diet and really focusing on. And I think it's just something
2: you know our culture and our society has ingrained in us from even an early age and. These are things that I think about even talking with my own children, right, about what talking about foods on their plate and not calling something good or bad or understanding that there's just a place for it every day. You know, having dessert served with their dinner and not putting it on a pedestal. But all of these foods can be part of a balanced, nutritious diet.
1: So what about cleanse and detox? I think that those are two words that we hear out there fairly often and that we're seeing these more and more often related to what foods and beverages we choose. Yes. And this is probably, you know, something that has
2: been around since the dawn of humans, right? Like right. thinking about the idea of cleansing and detoxing. This one's a fun one. So essentially what we tend to see when it comes to cleanse and detox is that we have a period of time where people are removing foods from their diet or they're often encouraged to fast or, you know, go an extended amount of time without eating or drinking. And that can pose its own risks for people with certain health conditions. And then you reintroduce usually fruits and vegetables or some product after this period of time to help your body cleanse or detox. Okay. So there is a lack of research to support cleanses or detoxes, and it's probably because our bodies are already doing this for us. So our liver and kidneys actually work around the clock to remove toxins from our bodies, and that is one of their primary functions. So I want to encourage consumers that certain foods or items that may be labeled as detoxifying that's really coming from a manufacturer and an influencer trying to sell something. Instead, there are several things that we can do to support our body's natural processes in removing toxins. So supporting kidney and liver health here, staying hydrated by drinking water. So these are the really fun things everyone wants to hear, right? So drinking water, eating fruits and vegetables every day, you know, focusing on including fiber in the diet, focusing on lean protein and all of these align with the recommendations that are found in my plate and in our dietary guidelines.
1: Okay, so Heather, as we wrap up, we have time for one more. So, okay. do you have another buzzword yes. to share? The with last us? one I'll address is macros.
2: I know you've heard that, right? We think about people talking about how they're counting their macros or making sure that they meet their macros for the day. And essentially macros is short for macronutrients and there are three main types that macronutrients are the three main types of nutrients that we get from our food. So that's going to be our carbohydrates, our protein, and fat. And so essentially macros are the nutrients that give us energy, okay? Our dietary guidelines recommend we eat foods and have a dietary pattern that includes all macronutrients, and that none of them should be eliminated within our, our diet because they are all beneficial and have a purpose and how our body works and functions and how it gets energy. We actually have a brand new extension publication. It just came out a couple months ago, all about macronutrients. And it really, I think, is beneficial for the entire podcast today because the focus is on why it's important we have a balanced, well-rounded diet and and the benefits that that provides rather than eliminating or focusing on a specific food or product to be the end-all be-all for us.
1: For our listeners, we'll make certain that we get that publication. Macronutrients, Why We Need a Balanced Diet linked in the show notes. Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for playing along oh. with my nutrition buzzwords. Yeah, I feel like I passed the test, but I was getting a little nervous. That's, the reason, we, that's the reason we had to cut it off. I was afraid if we went, went much further in the yeah, quiz, I, I might great. not pass. Thanks, Heather. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for Family and Consumer Sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.